Chris, our city. It's the home of the Grey Cup champions. Have you champions felt the, like yet again, baby? The city of champions. That's what they call Toronto. Famous for sports success, the city of Toronto. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't get to sleep the last, I guess, two nights because of all the car horns honking. <laughs> exactly. All that. People were rioting in the streets, but happy riots. Yeah. Um, yeah, all manner of things would ha- were happening. Um, here's a question for you. How many, what percentage of people living in the greater Toronto area, we'll do a before and after, what percentage of people living in the greater Toronto area knew who Hinak Mwamba was before, in the last, you know, 60 hours ago, and how many do now? Because, like, I still think the percentage is kind of low. I mean, he is a defensive player, which is always mm-hmm. lower, and just... I mean, we're being a little facetious to start off, but I loved this Argos team. I watched the Grey Cup, and uh, I I was very happy that they won. I am an unironic CFL fan. Um, I have no qualms with the CFL, certainly. I would not categorize myself as a fan, but I think it's cool that it exists, and certainly don't think it should be subsumed or anything. But if Toronto got an NFL team... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I would say Hinak Mwamba, before the Grey Cup, was Does at, like... one percent I was going to say 0.5%. <laughs> and after the Grey Cup, like, 1.2%. Like, I say this with love. I wish it was way higher. I honestly, truly do. But you ask me a question, I have to be realistic <laughs> in my answer. We don't edge. And his, uh... I mean, his post-game interview up on that stage was amazing. It was one of the mm-hmm. best things I've seen in sports all year. He was so happy for his team, and he worked so hard. And I remember being excited when the Argos acquired him, one of the best linebackers in all of Canadian football. And it paid off. Yeah, that's like that's the kind of insane thing. It's like, irrespective, like, I understand that the CFL is smaller, but like, it was just, it was a very entertaining football game, and Toronto won. Like, even if you're going to say that that's, like, less important than an NFL game, which I, you know, is understandable, but doesn't that mean something in and of itself? Yeah, well, Toronto I mean, played a good football game? I know. you Like, you, you'd think it would. You'd think it would mean more to the people of this city. And if Enoch Mwamba played in Regina, it would be, like, from 88% to 99%. Like, right. But it's just the unfortunate nature of this city that for some reason the Argos have gotten lost in the shuffle over the years. And as great, like, going to a game at BMO is really fun. So I think they Imagine. should push that more. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic football game. Well, the first three quarters were pretty, yeah. pretty mediocre. Was... But the fourth quarter started <laughs> with a punt return touchdown and, like, just got crazier from there. Two blocked field goals in the last three minutes. Uh, I've maintained for years that the. Canadian football is more exciting than NFL football, like in a vacuum. Like obviously right. the player quality makes American but football better to watch, but the rule set is better. Yeah, For... I think you're right. Like, yeah, the being able to move behind the line of scrimmage and things like that, like that's a cool idea. But yeah, just like three of... downs means that both teams are in the game so much longer. It's so easy to get the ball back quickly. So true. So true, King. Well, speaking of things that are not nearly as visible as they should be. Ayo. It's time for another episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling.
Griffin, how are you today? And a rare evening record for us. Yeah, it's uh, past 5 p.m. in the city of Toronto, which means that it looks like it's 2 a.m. outside. It's um, crazy. Why? I don't under Like, shouldn't it be the opposite? I guess, like, <laughs> sure, you don't want... But even in that's in the summer, when it's nighttime, it's not as nighttime as it is in the winter. That's very that's, true, Chris. I don't like, know if that's, like true from a meteorological perspective but like even 12 a.m in the summer does not feel nearly as dark as like 6 30 in the winter it like yeah like you look out the the winter dark hits different than summer dark (laughs) Mm -hmm. like i'm i don't know if it's like there's more clouds in the winter so it's like it truly is darker outside or if it's something to do with snow on the ground or the cold but you are absolutely right in that, like, you look outside when it's dark in the winter, and it's like, oh, that's like that's a different it's dark. It's black. That is a uh, different dark. And then we opt into, like, we opt into making the winter, the night come faster. <laughs> Maybe they're just like, like this is already the, the vibe. Let's lean sure. into it. Yeah, just maximize your depression. <laughs> I feel like I have a very, like, distinct image of in elementary school, like coming out of school and being like, why does it look like it's the middle of the night? <laughs> oh yeah, or like getting picked up from daycare because uh, I didn't get to go straight home from school when I was a young child. Um, and yeah, just like, oh man, it's five thirty and gotta get bundled it's up. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Griffin, we have a bit of a different uh, episode format today. We had an opportunity that we had to seize. Yeah, we uh, could not pass up. One of, I mean, I was, I was going to say I'm not even going to spoil it, but I feel like I have to based on what I said earlier. <laughs> so yesterday, I had, at the time we're recording this, I had the great pleasure of talking to the HFLC soccer correspondent. I think she would probably put that top of the resume. Yeah. That she is the official soccer correspondent of HFLC, Yara El Shaburi. An award winning writer. A Chris. terrific journalist. Uh, she was telling me about how she's currently the only person at her office who is not in Qatar for the World Cup. Uh, oh, and no. so she has to wave her arms around in the air to activate the motion sensitive <laughs> lights if she sits too long working. <laughs> uh so just keep that image in your mind um but you were unable to join us griffin but we had a fantastic conversation with the world cup i learned so much not to spoil it but i did learn who was competing and not competing in the world cup at one point oh good Uh, so that's valuable information that i think all of our fans will enjoy you know i think like many people in this uh continent I'm not a soccer aficionado, and so there are some things I don't know about. And so Yara, you know, she covers the gamut. She goes, she keeps the high-level stuff for people like myself who have no clue what's going on, but she gets into a lot of depth. She is clearly very knowledgeable, and we had a terrific conversation. Um, And so we are going to hear that conversation now. And then we will come back. (laughs) An award-winning writer on our podcast, Chris, on our little show. 
it's a it's a deep honor um do you have any do you have anything that you want to retroactively have asked Yara? Um, well, I just... Just to get you a little more screen time. In this thank episode. you. Yeah, well, I mean, I... When we had the opportunity to get Yara, I knew that it per- unfortunately didn't work for my schedule, but I do it for the good of the show. And trading me for Yara is for the good of the show every time. Um, I wish I could have asked her if she still remembers us now that she's so big and famous over in she did look a little confused when i when she saw my face yeah, that's not like, true oh i thought you were a different person from my class i can't remember it was so I long ago you were connor uh, friend of the show huge friend of the show should have had him on to talk some canadian football yeah Another time. We'll, we'll get him on for a free agency preview <laughs> absolutely that's the content we crave um so griffin we will come back uh, Sorry, just speaking of our friends succeeding, Connor was at the Grey Cup, covering the Grey Cup in Regina. Wow, that's terrific. And that, for me, is the ultimate bar of success in our field, is getting to travel for work. Absolutely. Um, and we... Oh, wait, actually, I don't think this, it was on mic, but we did. I did talk a little bit with Yara about how she was hoping to travel, but wasn't able to. But she is doing tremendous work, regardless. Um, and, you know... Fortunately, that means that we were able to talk to her. So I think we will hear right now from myself and Yara El Shaburi talking about the World Cup, and you will start hearing it right now. Thank you, Griffin and Chris, for that awesome introduction. This is Chris again. Hello, everyone. I won't reintroduce myself because I assume I just did. Um... But more importantly, I don't know if I introduced uh, the wonderful guest that we have on the show today, a returning favorite, uh, our resident soccer correspondent here to talk about some World Cup action. Yara El Shaburi joins us from the four, I guess it's not technically Europe, or it is. <laughs> it, it's Europe, but it's not um, right. the European Union. <laughs> Right. A vital (laughs) distinction for some people, I assume. Uh, How are you today, Yara? Are you excited? Are you already exhausted by the amazing action that we have already seen? Um, I am excited. Uh, It's definitely a weird World Cup for a lot of reasons, but I'm excited. Uh, Yeah, and I'm really happy to be here. So thank you for having me. You are. We're always getting emails (laughs) asking us to have Yara back on. Um, mostly between Griffin and myself, but Yara, for those who do not know, you are not in Canada, where we uh, first, <laughs> shaking your head for those who do not have the benefit of video, um, you are in jolly old England across the pond. Uh, what is the, what's the temperature like for the World Cup uh, over in England, Tinshire? <laughs> in England, Tinshire... Um, they obviously love their football, so footy. Uh, there's some a lot call of... it. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes, they're footy. They love their footy over here. Um, so there is a lot of hype for this World Cup, especially because England are seen as maybe not an out outright favorite, but they're definitely up there. So I think there's always going to be some excitement, um, and uh, yeah. So uh, it's always on TV. Anytime you pass, like. 
when you're walking the streets and you pass like a bar or a restaurant or a cafe, it's pretty much what's on, even though it's only been two days. So it's not like, <laughs> so it's not like it's been a long time, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what's been occupying the country at the moment, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Um, and on Friday, maybe that's a good place to start because on Friday, I mean, I assume you know just from me saying that, that we're going to have this marquee for the casual observer, probably uh, a marquee matchup in Group B between England and the United States. Obviously, uh, as people who are, you know, receive a lot of U.S. media and a lot of, uh, you know, U.S lensed media we you know we hear a lot about this matchup we probably hear it as maybe like a somewhat even matchup is i feel like the way it is portrayed uh in u.s media so i want the skinny from someone who has no no u.s influence no outside stake in this i guess you are in england but no stake in this how close is this matchup? I hate to be the bearer of bad news <laughs> to any Americans that are listening. But, um, we have a big Midwest I'm... audience. Just keep that in mind. A Midwest? Oh, no, not the Midwest? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's two different levels. Um, I just think... I, I, I kind of... I think a lot of people are looking or I think it would be smart to kind of look at this for the U.S. as almost like a train, a training tournament for 2026 mm-hmm. um, because they do have a very young team, um, which will kind of be in their prime by 2026. And obviously also in 2026, they will be on home soil. So that's always an advantage. So I think it's smart for American fans to kind of keep that in the back of their minds and lower their expectations completely. I'm not saying that they're like... <laughs> completely. <laughs> completely. I'm not saying like they're not going to get out of the group. Obviously, that's still a possibility um, because two teams do get out of the group stages. But I just think if you're looking at England versus the US, like it just doesn't compare. Like The US, um, like I said, young players, um, quite a few of them in the MLS. Um, and then you look at England. This is a team... Um, 2018 semi-finalists um in the euros they were in the final um every player in that squad going through them really quickly in my mind yes every player in that squad plays in a top five european league um most of them in the premier league here in england which does not compare to the mls and uh yeah it's just better quality players overall so it's not a bad thing it's not like americans should be going into this you know, expecting a win. And then if they lose, it's like, oh, we should have done better. Like, it's fine. But I just think, um, like you said, American media, maybe they like to hype up their their players. But, um, you know, the idea of journalism is to be truthful. And I just think, <laughs> like, you are, you are not being truthful when you're putting these t- <laughs> these two teams on the same, like, wavelength. Like, even when we're talking about America's biggest star is probably um, Christian Pulisic. And uh, let's say you compare him to Harry Kane, who is England's kind of leading man. It's like, it's night and day. So, yeah, sorry, USA. I would (laughs) love, listen, (laughs) I I would love, as a Canadian, like the last two teams I want to see win the World Cup are probably England and the US, genuinely. (laughs) Like, I I don't know if you're the same, but for me, it's it's not, I'm not interested in either of those Mm -hmm. teams winning. Sure. But for this game, 
Like, I would love to see the U.S. win just because I think it would be so funny. Like, just all the memes. I love all the, like, when people <laughs> when people call Pulisic the LeBron James of soccer. I think that's so funny. Um, <laughs> like, give me an ego mask on Friday and I will wear it. An ego I will... mask? Wow. <laughs> and I will sing the national anthem. I don't know the national anthem, the American national anthem. Star Spangled Banner, will... of course. Oh, saying, can you see? I think yeah. that's all I know. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> um... And yeah, like, give me a reenactment of 1776. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> when, when the U.S. separated from uh, mm-hmm. from GBA. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would like to see the U.S. win. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I think. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think England will win, and I think also the U.S. kind of got a bit unlucky because if they were England's last match in the group, they right. if England had already if England had already um like kind of qualified for the next round or clinch yeah (laughs) they may have um guess they may have decided to go not for a weaker team well yeah a weaker team i guess um (laughs) just (laughs) just to rest some of his players Mm. and that that may have given the u.s a chance but unfortunately that is not the case but yeah we will see um they are they are winning right now against wales i don't know yes we should we should say probably that we do not yet know the final result of uh this match against Wales. So that could obviously be a huge factor that, you know, that could be easily be the group decider. If you think that, you know, Iran probably not a necessarily uh, a contender. So that head to head matchup could be very big. Um, You talked about sort of (laughs) the idea of us media wanting to propagate the idea that the U S team is probably more likely to make it out of groups than they might be. Uh, switching the lens now to the Canadian media, I feel like we see a lot of the exact same thing, especially because, you know, it's a much tougher group. It's, you know, a squad that is not quite even at the level of the U.S. You talked about there being levels between England and the U.S., and I feel like the same is true of the U.S. and Canada. Um, you said to me when we were planning this record that you were you had to decide whether you're going to be objective or Homer-ish about, uh, <laughs> about your feelings here. So this is the test. Is Canada going to make it to the knockout stage of this World Cup? I'm going to say yes, but I don't, but I don't, I don't believe myself. Sure. Like, I, I feel like I'm lying. I don't know. I just, when I think about it genuinely, and I've thought about it a lot, Chris, um, just because I am so excited to watch Canada um, at this men's tournament. um, I just, every time I I see like two different avenues, I think of all Canada's strengths and I see things that, you know, Canada could potentially do because we don't really have to be world beaters, right? Like we just have an objective, make it out of the group. You know, we have three games in front of us, try and get a result in at least two of them like we don't have to play perfect we can play super scrappy um i just i just want to point out that you have switched to to we yeah because i'm canadian obviously uh-huh. no, no 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 it's fine just please continue uh i love how i did not have the same grace for the u.s i was like yeah. no, you're like you're like as journalists we have an ethical obligation to be objective now here's how we canada um but yeah when i think of Can- about canada i see you know 
things that we can do that I think we can make it out of the group. Mm-hmm. That was not a complete sentence, but anyway. But I also see that there are a lot of hurdles in the way of making us making it to the next round, um, which, yeah, I guess we can kind of talk about. I don't know. Uh, so it's weird. I I don't know. If you were to zoom out and maybe try and be have some objectivity here, do you feel like on paper the Canadian squad is the fourth best team in the group, the third best team in the group? I think obviously I think you would probably struggle to go higher than third, but um, I would probably say like if we're looking at just the squads on paper, they would probably be the fourth best team in the group. Mm-hmm. I think so we can easily kind of knock off Belgium. Mm -hmm. We can talk about them a bit later, but um, they are kind of underperforming, but it is Belgium. Um, They're number two in the FIFA rankings, if I believe. And FIFA rankings are kind of shit, but I feel like they have merit in this this situation. Um, This is like kind of the tail end of Belgium's golden generation, who have underperformed, but it is a Belgian golden generation. So obviously there's that. Then you have a Croatia team who are, kind of aging a little bit they have some great youngsters but again these are some of them are world cup finalists uh from 2018 um and i think you can't also when you're looking at croatia you can't ignore the advantage of having so many of your players play in europe which is i think a major disadvantage for a team like canada and a team for like the u.s and i think like if we're looking at kind of like the broader range of soccer in North America, let's say 20 years, 30 years, if we want these teams to improve, it's unfortunate. Um, but the MLS and the Canadian Premier League, the CPL, they're on a very slow, slow, slow rise. So if you want these teams, these national teams to improve a lot faster, you have to have a majority of your players play in Europe. So that's Croatia. Um, and then when you look at Morocco, I think the thing that differs Morocco and Canada is Morocco has a bit more experience than Canada. Morocco obviously played in the 2018 World Cup, and I just think that's really valuable. Um, Yeah, so this Canada team has no experience in a tournament this size. And obviously, you can look at kind of like continental tournaments, but like CONCACAF, you can't compare CONCACAF to Europe. You can't even compare CONCACAF to AFCON, in my opinion, which is obviously where Morocco plays, because I think AFCON is a lot more competitive um so morocco has a bit more experience and i do think they have more star players like if we were to say how many star players does canada have like star like if we're really gonna you know talk about that word i would probably say one Mm -hmm. whereas morocco has at least two um one of them is probably underperforming but he's still there uh so i would if we're looking at squads only I would say Canada is probably fourth best in this group. <laughs> Unfortunately. We are making it out. <laughs> yes, but we're coming in second. <laughs> so what do you see as the path then for them to make it out? Like you talked about the idea of sort of playing scrappy football. Um, so is it like, you know, are they looking for draws against like a Belgium, for example? Like, do you think that they have the chance to win against a Belgium or a Croatia, you know, if they if things break right for them? Um, I think, so obviously we're playing Belgium first, and I think that's actually a good thing for us. Um, kind of get the more difficult one, at least the more difficult one on paper out of the way. Um, but I also think um, we have a couple injuries. Um, obviously, uh, Davies has said that he's 
fit to play, but obviously players will always say that. Sure. Um, so I'm not sure if he is fit to play. We also have Ustakio um, who was injured and I think he was training separately um, a couple days ago. Um, he is a huge player for Canada um, and someone who I think like if Canada makes it out of the groups or if Canada even performs well in this tournament, even without making it out of the groups, I think he is a huge reason why that will happen. So for Belgium, I think you have to kind of look at the long game. It would be great to get a result against Belgium, get a get a draw even. But I just think it's almost like what's the point of kind of risking your best players who are injured or not fully fit for a team that you know is going to be really difficult to beat when you have two other games down the line that are a bit more winnable, that are more realistic to get a point. So I think Canada has to play the long game here. Yes, it's exciting. You want, you know, first game against Belgium, big team. You want your best players on there. It's going to be, you know, like a lot of adrenaline, I think. But I think Canada has to play the long game and then just focus on Croatia and Morocco. And those aren't going to be difficult games either. And when I mean scrappy, I think I think some of the best like underdog teams in tournaments throughout mm -hmm. soccer, they rely on just like really scrappy ways to draw and win. I think um, set pieces is probably a huge thing for Canada. They, you know, whether it's corners um, or free kicks that like Canada really has to take advantage of situations like that, especially against a team like Croatia, who in my opinion, are probably not great at defending those um, situations. But when you look at kind of past scrappy teams um, in the World Cup, like uh, let me try and think of examples like 2014 Algeria for example um, or 2010 Slovakia or even like 2018 England obviously maybe not an underdog sure. but they were certainly kind of punched above their weight a little teams. bit just a little bit yeah but they always found scrappy ways to win I think and I think Canada needs to just try and do that this is not you know the CONCACAF qualifiers you're not going to be dominant in these games and I think the sooner that we learn that, the sooner that we know that, the better. Sure, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, you mentioned AFCON. I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. I saw you in the Twitter spaces back in, uh, <laughs> during the Cup of Nations. Um, mm -hmm. And not to bring up an old wound, but, the, you know, the last time you were on, we talked about Senegal. We talked about them defeating Egypt in the... Uh, Cup of Nations final, um, obviously, well, maybe not obviously to our <laughs> not necessarily soccer educated listening audience, but one of the to our to, our, uh, to your Midwest audience, exactly. I don't think it would be <laughs> to the the Midwest audience may not be aware. I was not aware until I did some reading to prepare to talk to you that Senegal also had one of the most successful results for an African team at the World Cup, um, going to the quarterfinals. Uh, they seem poised here. They, I know they have a significant injury, uh, which will, you know, be a potential issue. But how do you rate Senegal's chances of coming out of the groups into the knockout stage? I think Senegal should easily get out of the group. They got a really, um, they got quite an easy group. It might be a bit different. Um, obviously, they're missing their star player, uh, Sadio Mane. So it might be a bit different if they were in a harder group. But I think even without him, they should easily get out of this group. Um, I think it will be them and the Netherlands. I think um, Qatar are 
Qatar, unfortunately, and I don't think they will do well. And um, Ecuador are a fun team, but um, when you kind of look at the disparity in like South American teams, I think there's a huge gap between your Brazil, your Argentina, and even your Uruguay, and then kind of the Ecuador obviously falls in that rest. So I think Senegal, like I think it should, it would be really disappointing for them if they don't somehow make it out of the group. I think it would be kind of um, like an underperformance from them. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, with all due respect, I feel like, you know, you have to say Qatar would be the, the weakest team at the World Cup, you'd have to think. Um, you know, we'll probably be like, you know, the discussion is more like, can they get a point? Can they score? Can score they? A goal. Yeah. yeah. Can they score a goal? <laughs> so, you know, you would think that on paper that should be like a free win for every other team in the mm-hmm. group. So the Senegal Ecuador matchup will be very important. Do you see that? So you see that as favoring Senegal, even with this, uh, you know, locking their star players? I think so. I just think. Obviously, Ecuador, they played they played well against Qatar, but like I don't think it was anything groundbreaking because they were playing against such a weak team. Maybe they'll have like a little bit of a lift because obviously they won their first game and Senegal, as we know, they just lost against the Netherlands. Um, so like maybe they'll have some sort of like mental advantage. But I really think like if, on paper, it would be like really disappointing if Senegal somehow lost to this uh to this ecuador team like it, it would be it would be really strange um, so I, i'm not sure especially because not only do i think that they're the better team on paper but like you said they won afcon and they qualified for the world cup so it's not like they're a team that is known for maybe underperforming in big moments they've just they just did it twice in the winter um like with the tournament win and then qualifying for the world cup so it's not like you know, they, they lack nerve or they lack any sort of, yeah, anything like that. So should be an easy win for them, I think. Okay. Uh, we will pencil that in. I'm I'm betting all of these takes, by the way. So. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, shout God. out to, okay. by the way, Avery Perry, our uh, friend of the show, Avery Perry, yes. uh, doing a lot of writing for North Star Bets on the uh, World Cup odds, which I used extensively uh, trying to figure out, you know. Because, you know, the betting odds never lie. You can say that uh, the U.S. is favored, but you need to see the uh, you need to see the plus minus to really make that Listen, uh, make that decision. If, if you're ever to if I were to ever make a bet, Avery would probably be the first person I would ask. <laughs> I feel like he knows everything. That's very so, um, yeah. Shout out Avery. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's talk about, you know, we'll, we'll sort of talk about the contender uh, tier since we've talked about some teams that maybe will not be vying for that uh, that big trophy. Is there a name for the trophy? I see you're drinking water, so I'll just vamp for a bit. Uh, no, I think it's just the World Cup trophy. There, there, must, there might be some I guess name, it's called the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It's not a cup, is it? Isn't it more like a? No. I only know the trophy from the man hugging it. The man hugging it. What man? The Brazilian guy. The crying one. Yeah, that was a very British inflection, by the way. Um... The crying one. Yeah. Oh God. These Brits, man, they're gonna kill me and ruin my accents. I don't know which one will happen first. <laughs> Or which is worse. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I feel like 
I was looking at the FIFA rankings, which, like you said, uh, use more colorful language, perhaps, but uh, not necessarily 100% indicative of how we can expect teams to perform. But I was looking at sort of the the middle tier because you do have, you know, Brazil and Belgium at the top. I feel like both of those feel like, and France as well, feel like teams who can sort of comfortably expect to be probably top eight teams. So I wanted to ask you about a couple like a sort of second tier contender status teams here. So I had Spain, Italy, and Argentina, and you can throw another one if it went another one in if you do have one in mind. But which of those teams is the most overrated coming into the World Cup? I don't know if you know this, but Italy did not qualify. What? <laughs> you didn't know this. I just look at I just look at the rankings. Oh, no. no, they like they did like embarrassingly bad. Oh, in the, okay, I do remember yeah. this now. This is yeah. And this was, is why we get soccer big... experts on, so we know which teams have qualified. No, Italy. Um, Italians are sitting at home watching. They have their Euros trophy. I but just unfortunately, I haven't yeah. heard much honking in my neighborhood though, so I should have known. That's why. Listen, you live in Toronto. You should know if the Italians had qualified, you would have heard it by now. It's true. It's actually true. <laughs> well um, we, we'll exclude that i mean they're probably the most overrated then especially at the world cup uh, or maybe they're the most underrated <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, i'm sorry i'm just imagining like you walking around like young street <laughs> and it's like a it's like a desert town because <laughs> because <I'm>, Italy... <laughs> I, I live in corso italia I really should have realized this when there were no, like, police on horses, like, directing traffic. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you should have. Um, Who were the other two teams you mentioned? (laughs) Italy? Well, we'll we'll throw Belgium in as well, then, um, since you mentioned them. But we did talk about them. But Spain and Argentina were the other two that I mentioned. I feel like those are what who felt like the contenders to sort of be labeled as overrated that's interesting uh quickly on belgium i just think yeah it's like a dying kind of golden generation um who've underperformed severely and um i don't know why they still have the manager that they do have he should have been sacked about a thousand years ago um maybe they would have won a trophy by now if they had but (laughs) those are my words on belgium (laughs) um so yeah their number two fifa ranking is very I was about to say suspicious, but I don't want to insinuate that they, like, paid FIFA to get it up there. I just mean, like, suspicious in that. <laughs> they don't, they probably don't deserve it to be up there. Um, Argentina will always be a contender, I think, with Messi. Um, he's playing really well at the moment as well. Last season, he was not kind of in his best form, but he's kind of entered this season um, playing quite well for PSG. Um and this is like, this is his last World Cup. He's said that, and it also makes sense. I think he's um, is he 35, I think, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Um, so this is kind of his last hurrah. And it's like, it's like the story, obviously it would be a crazy story, you know, his last World Cup, um, he wins it. Uh, and I think even if he doesn't win this, like Messi is still, he will always be in the conversation as one of the greats. He has a very strong case of being the greatest. Obviously, it depends on who you ask. But I just think that if he retires with a World Cup, then it just kind of puts him on another pedestal. Like, 
then you you can't really have, for example, the debate between him and Maradona when you're talking to Argentinians. It's like, well, Maradona won us a World Cup. If Messi wins, then that conversation is off the table. He would then go ahead of Ronaldo as well. Um, and, and then Pele, like, there's so many kind of different Mm-hmm. avenues but i think just as long as messi is there i think argentina are contenders and i think they're at, they've actually played quite well um leading up to this tournament um they won the copa america 2021 they beat brazil in the final so obviously brazil are uh no they're not bums it's a good team <laughs> <laughs> sorry i could not think of a better word <laughs> in the moment um so yeah, they, they beat a, a really good team to win the Copa America, which was Messi's first international trophy. So I, I do think that they are not overrated. Um, but yeah, they underperformed in 2018. So we'll see. I think Spain are probably less likely to do well than Argentina. I think Spain are kind of in this weird transition-ish phase. They have like a, I don't know, they have quite a few aging players. They never seem like they're playing in a cohesive style um but they do have some really bright talents who play for barcelona like these like 17 18 19 year olds and you're like what the hell am i doing with my life like this 18 year old is showing up on the world stage so yeah i i, I don't know i don't i don't consider spain contenders to be honest yeah well you you do like live in england and you're like a soccer journalist are you like 23 or whatever oh <laughs> i thought <laughs> I thought you were saying that about me saying I don't consider Spain competitors. I'm like, what does that have to do? I'm like, what does that have to do? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm a bum. I'm just saying... <laughs> Much like Brazil. I'm just saying, like, it's, I don't know. You're not playing in the World Cup, exactly, and I never will. And I've accepted. Well, that. I mean, don't don't write yourself off. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Never say die. Um, going from overrated contenders to maybe underrated uncontenders. Um, obviously, we talked about Canada, which we universally agree is the most likely uh, upset team since they will be making it to the knockout stage. Other than Canada, <laughs> you do a little <laughs> dance there. Other than Canada, I had, and you know, you can also help me out here because I don't necessarily have the uh, the knowledge that you have. I don't always know which teams have qualified, you might notice. Um, <laughs> but I had Japan, Tunisia, South Korea, and Poland. Not that all those teams are on the same level, but... Which of those teams do you think would be the most likely to pull off an upset in their respective group? And South Korea, Tunisia, Poland. Um, probably want either Poland or South Korea. I think. Um, I Tunisia are a weird one. They always do do seem to do well in kind of like African qualifiers, but they play such negative football, like. It's so boring sometimes. <laughs> not not that they're the only ones, but like it's it's so consistent and um, yeah, they just yeah, it's just incredibly negative football. That I mean, so, like we talked about earlier, sometimes you have to scrap wins, but it's almost like Tunisia are trying to do the literal bare <laughs> minimum, the bare minimum to get a win, and th- it never happens. I literally like it never happens, so I don't really. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see that. I don't see them being kind of the top out of those four teams you just mentioned. 
Um, I think Poland, I don't know, Poland are, they do, it's weird. They have obviously a really strong goalkeeper and a really strong striker up top. You might know him, Lewandowski. Um, he, you've heard the name. Our friend, another friend, we're just name dropping friends in this mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> Our friend Justine's boyfriend is obsessive. <laughs> Good info. <laughs> <laughs> because he's Polish. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, it just popped into my head when I when I thought of him. But um, do you, yeah, Lewandowski. Do you ever notice how Polish and Polish are like the same word? Oh my God, they are spelled the exact same. Polish, polish. Isn't that crazy to think about? Mm-hmm. Anyways, that please is, continue. That is so weird. So why do we say it like that? I would assume because it's called Poland and not Poland. <laughs> but then why don't we say... Why don't we you know, the con- polish the floors? <laughs> no, but like, so it's not Poland. But obviously there's Holland. Why aren't Great they... Point. Why aren't they Polish? <laughs> Why are they Dutch and not Polish? <laughs> and like, why is it the Indian holiday called Holly? Oh my god, you're right. These people need to... What? Okay. Oh my gosh. The world of language is <laughs> so beautiful and complex. <laughs> I can't help but feel like I've derailed. Please continue. Uh, <laughs> Poland are a good team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I can't even say the word without thinking of it now. Don't worry, we'll cut, we'll cut all the laughing time. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um. Okay. Um, uh, let's talk about something. Yes. South Korea are an interesting one as well. Um, I think they're in kind of a tough group. I think most people expect, um, let's see, I think they're in the group Portugal, Uruguay, and Ghana, if I'm not mistaken. You are that not is at the top of my head. You are totally wow, correct. Okay. You're an incredible journalist. Thank you so much. Um, so I think that will actually be a tough group for them to get out of because I think most people expect. Portugal and Uruguay to get out of that though Portugal have been they have a lot of they don't play well and they also have a lot of um in camp drama right um with Mr. Ronaldo you know of course making a scene mm-hmm. having to make everything about himself right mm-hmm. before World Cup thank you um <laughs> no one cared but you know uh, maybe I should explain for people from sure. the Midwest give the, who don't give the primer on the Ronaldo. Tell us about Piers Morgan. Oh, Piers Morgan, my favorite Brit. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's so cool. So Ronaldo is 37 years old, uh, and I'm not uh, ageist. This is important for the context of the story. Mm-hmm. He is 37 years old. He played for Manchester United, and he hasn't been performing well. So he gets benched often. He gets substituted quite late. So he's been causing a little bit of drama. He's uh, walked out of the stadium. He's left the stadium before a match was even over, refusing to come on. Um, All these kind of like petty little comments, things like that. And then a few days ago, an interview aired with Pierce Morgan, who is a famous British journalist, famous for all the wrong reasons, I guess. 
In North America, we know him as a famous judger of who's got talent. He was on America's Got Talent. Was he actually? Yeah, that was also a very British one. I didn't know that. He was a judge. Yeah, I think so. That's how, that's like the primary way that I know. Uh, I literally, just, yeah, on America's Got Talent. What talent does he have for him to be judging <laughs> other a, people? It's a great point. Um, anyway, he went on Pierce Morgan's show and basically ripped into Manchester United. He said he, dis- he did not respect his manager, which is obviously a big no-no. He talked about how Manchester United were like a crumbling club. He talked about how he felt he was disrespected in so many different ways. And now Manchester United are reportedly wanting to rip his contract up and sue him. So, um, yeah, lots of drama kind of in the Portugal camp. Um, leading up to this World Cup, obviously, there's there's press conferences every day. And um, I, quite feel, I feel quite bad for his teammates because you have players like Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes in the press conference for a Portugal and all they're being asked about is Ronaldo's future at Manchester United. So it's interesting. He did a press conference today himself and he said, please stop asking my teammates about me. So at least he had the decency to do that. Um, sorry, this is very tangent. No, no, no. The point, the point is South Korea, I don't think are making it out of that group either. Um, yes, I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think they will come in third. Okay. So where did we land on? <laughs> on was it not to invoke their name again, but Poland? Um, Poland are probably fighting for second with Mexico. Not right. Yeah, uh, we expect our, obviously Argentina to top that group. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's fourth. Is it Saudi Arabia? It that is. is. It is okay. So I think yeah, it, 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 Mexico versus Poland will probably be the important kind of head-to-head match. Um, which is exciting. Mexico always, they always have like fun World Cups. Like it's always fun to watch Mexico at a World Cup. They always somehow have an upset or they love to like spoil a party while also (laughs) having a party themselves because the Mexican fans are great. So I think that would be a fun one. Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I think that especially after that extended conversation about linguistics, that might be all the time that we have. So I will ask you, the final, the most important question, Yara, who is going to come out of this World Cup with the big cup, as we all know, the famous trophy, uh, who is winning it all at this tournament, other than Canada? Listen, in my mind, I see Canada lifting the trophy, like mm-hmm. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. I just imagine it in the sweltering heat of I think the final is in Doha, probably. <laughs> in the sweltering heat of Doha, I can see it, you know? And there will be, like, fake snow to celebrate Great. the moment. But, you know, I understand why people may not see the vision. I think they're a little bit mm-hmm. loony in the head. But that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, we will go with the norm. I pro- um, Maybe Brazil. I feel like Brazil are probably the strongest overall team. And I, I don't think that's actually, like... A revolutionary i think they're pretty much everyone's um big favorite um their pack would be interesting though i think if both brazil and argentina come first in the groups and they continue i think they would play each other in the semifinals. um so i think that would be a really fun matchup um they would avoid france until the final like france is on the other bracket which is good 
um, even though France also have some weird drama and a lot of injuries. Um, but say France do go far, you know, obviously you want to kind of avoid those big teams, which Brazil would be able to do. They would also avoid Germany, which we didn't really talk about, but they're kind of, I feel like Germany are almost always a contender. Um, but yeah, I think Brazil are probably most likely to win it. They have Neymar, obviously, who has a lot riding on this World Cup. He's obviously never won an inter international trophy like at the, on this scale mm -hmm. for Brazil. Um, and it's the same thing with Messi, kind of, where people love to compare him with other Brazilian legends. Sure. And when someone says, okay, put your World Cup medals on the table, Pele is going to pull out his, and Brazilian Ronaldo is going to pull out his, and Neymar is going to look at them like, what the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> so it's a big competition for Neymar. Um, I also think they probably have the best keeper in the tournament, Allison. Um he is going into this tournament with really good form, actually. He plays for Liverpool. We're actually kind of struggling, but he's bailed them out an insane amount of times. Um, so I think, if, unless I'm like missing someone that's super obvious, I actually think that he's probably the best keeper on form going into this tournament. Um, so that will be huge, especially in those kind of scrappy games that we talked about. Obviously, tournament soccer, it's not going to be this amazing, pretty... Thing. Sometimes you just need to nick like a 1-0 and having a good keeper is really important for that. Um, they have a lot of experience in the back as well. Um, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, really strong center back. Um, and yeah, in the midfield as well, I think they're quite, they're quite uh, dominant. They have good depth, like they don't really have a weakness, so Brazil is my guess <laughs> all right i will be putting all of my savings on that i appreciate the insight yara and thank you so much our favorite soccer correspondent for coming and bringing uh your tremendous insight i mean i i, I do think that we are now perhaps the premier soccer podcast in this world so thank you for contributing to that partially. I helped as well. Uh, we are going to take a break, and Griffin and myself will be back for another part. I don't know what we're doing, but you will see, and it will be awesome, of High Floor, Low Ceiling. I think I throw to a break. <laughs> yeah, I was well. I was going to say, say, should say we I throw to a break? The next, I say I don't know what the next segment's going to be, but there will be another segment coming up after the break. Um. So wow, what a great conversation that you and Yara had. Thanks, Griffin. Also, I think we just took a break, so welcome back. It's <laughs> a high floor, low ceiling. Um. Yeah, people might have forgotten that you're even on the podcast after that <laughs> lengthy conversation with Yara. You really that wasn't meant to cut to the core of Come me. On. <laughs> um, so as I as I said just moments ago, uh, I did not know at that time what segment we will we would be doing for uh, this little block, but I know it now, Griffin. And Inspiration you know too, has struck frankly. you. I. This is one of the better ones that we've come up with recently, I feel like. Um, we are going to do one of our favorite things on High Floor, Low Ceiling, the draft. Uh, is it you that owns the I drafts? do own drafts. I won drafts in the High Floor, Low Ceiling draft of drafts. <laughs> or no, just the High Floor, Low Ceiling draft, and I drafted drafts. Right. 
Um, so congratulations to you. All royalties will pay out directly to you for this. Oh, good. Um, but we That's have good because I could really, I could really use that 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 scratch. Too true, mon frere. Um, but we have a little segment, uh, a World Cup themed segment, since it's such a big part of uh, part of our show. This is we are going to assemble Griffin a Team Canada. But this one has a little bit of a twist. I don't. <laughs> I assume you did not include any soccer players, correct? I was going to clarify that with you. <laughs> Professional soccer players are off the table. It would be a great trick if I was just like, and with my first pick, Alfonso Davies. <laughs> um, but yes, I I do have I have one real professional athlete. Uh, not to spoil anything. But so this draft, what it is, is we are assembling a Team Canada to play soccer in the World Cup, but we cannot select any soccer players, but we can select anything else. So the, the Anything sort of, Canadian is on the table. The yes. entire country is swept up with World Cup fever right now, and so to represent that, you can pick anything that is Canadian. Precisely. And so that can include real people, that can include fictional characters, that can include Canadian landmarks. Um, and Griffin, to be clear, just because I think it's an important distinction, the character themselves has to be Canadian, right? Yes. Like, I can't pick Neo because Keanu Reeves is Canadian. No, you could pick Keanu Reeves, but exactly. you, you could pick Michael J. Fox, but you can't pick Marty McFly. Exactly. Very well said. So only Canadian people or Canadian characters, which are usually played by Canadian people as well, but I don't think right. always. I feel like that's just a thing in writer's room. It's like, oh, the actor is Canadian, might as well make the character Canadian, because it doesn't really change anything. So, Chris, we are drafting two forwards, two midfielders, two defenders, and one goalkeeper. Uh, there's going to be a seven, seven-man rosters, or seven person, place, or thing rosters. <laughs> seven noun rosters. <laughs> yes. Um, I am really looking forward to this. I think that I've, I have no idea how you're going to go. I'm sure you have no idea how I'm going to go. I don't, I do. I think that there are two picks that will be hotly contested and we'll see. Um, but I, would you like to call heads or tails and I will flip the coin here, Griffin, to see who gets the number one pick. I mean, I would really just like the number one pick if you're in a generous mood. Uh, I'm but... not. <laughs> Uh, heads or tails? Tails. Never fails. I'm flipping coin, and it is tails. Let's so you go. will have the first pick, Griffin. I think I think I know where you're going here. I feel like there's a very obvious direction <laughs> where we are going. We said no professional soccer players, Chris, but how about someone who could have been a professional soccer player by all accounts? Uh, for one of my midfield slots, I am going to take one of the greatest athletes in Canadian history, of course. I'm sure this is who you were referring to when you said you had a professional athlete on the board. Steve Nash is going first overall for Team Canada. Griffin, that, for some reason, that never entered my mind. Really? Of course, he's like, he's famously like a course, soccer player. Yes, famously a soccer player. Famously, you know, one of the great point guards of all time. Obviously, a terrific distributor. And, like, credited um, soccer for his basketball brilliance. Yes. So, that is, it makes a thousand percent sense. It, of course, is, you know, a, a first-round pick without a doubt. I did not have him on my list. Okay. 
Well, that's what's um, so great about this draft. There's so many different directions to go. It's absolutely true. This, ooh, I have a couple of choices here, but I think I have to get this pick with my number one pick. Otherwise, with Steve Nash and this pick, you will be unstoppable. <laughs> you know, this this pick could either fall under goalie or defense. I think I'm going with defense just because I want to be able to cover the breadth of the field. And this fulfills that, you know, I think a goalie would almost limit this pick's potential to completely uh, control the field of play. So as a defense person, as a defender in the the defense slot, (laughs) I am selecting, and this might be controversial, Niagara Falls. That is a great pick, Chris. I had Niagara Falls on my board in the defense slot as well. It wasn't one of my starting defenders, um, but a great pick. Covers vast amounts of the field, I can only imagine. Now, are you prepared to accept this as a... Because technically, you know, we're talking about horseshoe falls, I suppose. It is technically part American, but are you prepared to accept this as a Canadian selection. I do. I mean, the Canadian side of the falls is like true. famous. Like the American side is this weird little trickle that no one cares about. Horseshoe falls is the Canadian side. I think that's absolutely within your right. Um, a great selection there, Chris. I am going to, I know I get the feeling that in soccer, uh, not the biggest soccer expert, but I get the feeling that the goalkeeper isn't usually the most important position on the field. Like it's maybe like a high floor, low ceiling kind of position. Soccer so goalkeeper. True. I think it's hard. I think it's hard to play to play keeper well. Yeah, I I just feel like the expectation, like the net is so big that the expectation yeah, exactly. is never to make like any save ever made is like a pleasant surprise. Right. So it's like, Hey, no pressure. Um, But I am going to lock down the goalkeeper position here early on because I think I have a game changer. Uh, For goalkeeper, I am taking the famous Big Nickel that, of course, is a landmark in Sudbury, Ontario, the great town of Sudbury. Uh, Chris, if you want some dimensions here, the nickel is 9 meters in diameter. Diameter, pardon me. That's 30 feet. A soccer net, 24 feet wide, 8 feet tall. So I'm feeling pretty good. You can sort of like stuff the nickel down into the ground to make sure that like there might be holes in the bottom corners. But I think overall the net is going to be pretty well covered by Sudbury's big nickel. I was going to say, are you worried at all about the shape of the nickel? That I that mean, will a little sort of create some natural scoring opportunities in the corners. I think low corner, there's going to be a chance there for a talented striker to take advantage of. But, you know, that's just... What you got to do sometimes. Yeah, you got to take the good with no, the bad. Nobody's perfect. There are no nobody's perfect goalkeepers. Perfect. Absolutely. Not even the big nickel. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good nickname for someone as well. Yeah, if they were number five. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, this, Griffin, I, you know, I have a great defender locked down. I think I have to switch to some offense now. And... I, I think that this was this is probably someone that was on your list. I think this is, you know, famously, there are a lot of soccer players who are not necessarily uh, don't have the height you would associate with the professional athlete. Uh, famously, I think I know where you're going. I think you do. 
Uh, Lionel Messi is, of course, I believe five seven. A lot of uh, players who sort of play that that offensive striker position are often quite uh, diminutive, and so I have an ideal, I believe, selection here where his height will not be a problem and his other capabilities will more than uh, make up for any stature issues that might be an issue. In the in one of my forward positions, he's going to be playing the striker role. I select Wolverine. That would have been my next pick, Chris. It's an excellent pick. The stamina we know is off the charts. You're never mm-hmm. taking him out of the game for fatigue. Um, and good and, luck oh, fighting man. for a ball with him. Like... And good luck, uh, don't get me started on his Iron Man streak, you know? Hey, yo, hey. That is a great <laughs> pick, Chris. I think you, you, you nailed it. I mean, it. It, yeah, he kind of goes without saying. Like, he, I feel, I feel like in terms of just a physical performer in any sport or doing anything, I feel like he has to be way up there. Did you consider, did you consider using him as a goalkeeper given his ability to use his claws? <laughs> I don't I am that's an interesting question. It I would imagine it's a yellow card to intentionally pop Slice the, ball. the ball into three <laughs> Is pieces. It not? Or and also if he slices the ball and part of the ball goes into the net, is that a goal? That's a great question. I believe well, I mean, is it like hockey rules where the entire ball has to cross the goal line? Mm. We'd have to check the rule book, and that's not the kind of thing we do here on high mm. floor, low ceiling. Uh, Chris, I'm going to go for a defender slot next. I've already got Steve Nash in the midfield and Sudbury's big nickel guarding the goal. So I'm going to <laughs> stay back. I'm not going to take my forwards just yet. And I'm going to take something Canadian that has defended Millions of people around the world from poor health, from improper amounts of blood sugar. Chris, I am, of course, taking insulin, the famous Canadian invention, as one of my defender slots. Uh, I think maybe maybe the all-time greatest Canadian invention in terms of, like, impact that it's had for people all around the world. Uh, Yeah, just... Couldn't think of anyone to defend the the net any no, better. Yeah. Like insulin defends health. I I love the pick, Griffin. This is one of the dumber episodes. <laughs> it's great. I love this. Yeah, this is the high floor ceiling classic because I had a great, you know, fun but also very uh, in depth conversation with Yara, and now we have this. <laughs> this is what we do. This is what makes us great. Absolutely. Um, I love the pick, Griffin. Did you universal health care? is the only thing I want to bring up as is that maybe a better choice in terms you know, of that actually had defensive capability. My mind, it is of course the I think it won that like Tommy Douglas who came up with mm-hmm. the system won the poll of the greatest Canadian of That's all what time. Made me think of it. Uh it's a great pick, Chris. I have to say it did not cross my mind. Universal well, healthcare. I will not uh I will not you know, work your side of the street, Griffin. I will not take universal health care to one-up you. Um, I think I'm going to fill a midfield slot here. I have a couple of choices. I'm not sure how much either one is on your radar, but I had a similar thought to you. Um, you know, the midfield, it's a classic playmaking position. You want, uh, you know, if, if you were going to pick a professional athlete, as I did here, 
you want someone who's going to be able to make plays for others, who's a great leader, uh, and also who really embraces the cerebral side of the game. I feel pretty confident that this person would probably be the captain of my team, maybe along with Niagara Falls. <laughs> uh, not really a vocal leader, though, Niagara Falls. So I think this is, person is going to captain my team in one of my midfield positions. Dr. Haley Wickenheiser will fill the role. One of uh, our greatest hockey players, certainly, that our nation has ever seen. Um, you know, a classic center center can hang with anyone, like I said, has that cerebral edge, has that uh, that leadership capability, a, a veteran of a, a sports locker room. I think that she will be our emotional and tactical leader on the pitch, given that, you know, people such as Niagara Falls and Wolverine <laughs> might not necessarily... It be... might be a tough locker room. You do need exactly. that presence in there. Exactly. And so I think that... Uh, Dr. Haley Wickenheiser is going to hold things down uh, in that aspect of the game while also being a great midfielder for me. Well, it's a fantastic pick, Chris, as you said, or maybe as I will say, one of the greatest athletes Canada has ever produced that uh, we're proud to share this home and native land with. Um, Can't argue with it. Can't argue with it. I'm loving your team so far. And I yours. Oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) I... I'm going to go for a forward here. I haven't taken a forward yet, but I think we all know forwards are where the superstars play. Like, that's where the big celebrities are. You sell the jerseys. People buy the tickets to see this person play. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think forward has to be maybe the most famous Canadian in the entire world. I I haven't seen metrics on this, but I do think that like, it makes sense. So I am taking, of course, Anne from Anne of Green Gables uh, as one of my starting forwards. I do think that she is, like, beloved worldwide, just like all star forwards are. She's um, the most... She, this was... She was on my long list. Is she the most famous Canadian? I don't... I can't I, imagine she's more famous than Drake. <laughs> I think just, there's a good chance... She is it's more a very interesting discussion. It's um, a very interesting discussion. <laughs> we might be the first people in the world to have ever made this comparison. Um, and, you know, Justin Bieber, but I think in terms of world influence, Drake would probably be above. Bieber's sure another that, good choice. Um, since its publication, Anne of Green Gables has been translated into at least 36 languages and has sold more than 50 million copies. So I'm 50 sure million is our Drake. 50 million copies. <laughs> and Drake has sold a total of 170 million records. But so he's got some repeat buyers, I'm sure. That he does. Yeah, you can listen to a Drake album more than once. You can't read a book more than once. That's famously true. It's impossible. Um, <laughs> so maybe not the most famous Canadian in the world, but one but of them. Very, very visible. And of course, even from the cheap seats. When you look down, you're going to say, there's Anne. The bright red hair. Every superstar needs that. Like, there, It's more than just on-field play. There's an it factor. Anne's got that it factor. She's captivated Absolutely. audiences worldwide for decades for good reason. Absolutely, Griffin. I love the pick. Um, a very... I can it just it just has the right vibe I feel like like can't you just see her like streaking down the oh, sideline Oh yeah she's she's small she's pr- probably quick kids are hard to catch 
Um, and she was usually wearing like a crazy old timey dress. So imagine how she'll do with uh, a soccer. Uniform. Oh, I think she's still wearing the crazy old timey. It's just like <laughs> okay. in like the Canadian kit colors like they special <laughs> everyone's got their uniform and she's got the same right. uniform but instead of a t-shirt and shorts it's still the old time so dress. we gotta put her got his classic but red and white yeah yeah okay sure no that's fine i think that's we fine. gotta make these athletes comfortable absolutely um i'm going to fill my other midfield slot griffin because i feel for some reason this feels like uh something that you know would be would potentially be contested here uh as we've talked about the midfield role sort of the the go-between between like on all areas of the pitch they traverse the most amount of ground they are responsible for sort of eating the ball forward for the attack so i have chosen for my midfield to, to play next to Haley wickenheiser <laughs> the trans canada highway uh perfect more of a, more of like a pure passer. Not really going to give you much offense or defense, I don't think. Like, you can kind of just be run right over. But in terms of <laughs> facilitating ball movement uh, and, you know, those quick passes, long passes, whatever you want, the Trans-Canada Highway is going to be able to get the ball to anywhere on the pitch. Yeah, and it does feel like sort of, I think Haley's leadership will come in handy there because when it wants to be, the Trans-Canada Highway can be incredibly tough to get through. Like, it can play great defense. Oh, oh yeah. It can, um, it can get some gridlock going. It can clog sure. the the field up <laughs> like the best of them. So, I think, but, like, other times, like you said, completely run over. So, I think Haley's going to bring the best out of the Trans-Canada Highway. I love your midfield, Chris. Uh, are we paving just, like, one stretch of I the I didn't field? really think about the logistics Or is it a moving, like, more, piece of road? I, I think it's a moving piece of... Yeah, I like that. Like, almost like the Aladdin magic carpet. Yeah. It is just a patch of highway that can sort of deliver things around. (laughs) Nothing better than streaking down the grass and it suddenly turns to asphalt. Yeah, and, you know, it can create a lot of scraped knees. That's also a a side benefit. You might be looking at some yellow cards. I'm wondering if it's that slide tackle from the Transcanada Highway would be devastating. (laughs) Uh, so I have a midfielder, a forward, and a defender. So I've got one side of the field all locked down, Chris, and I think I'm going to take a leaf out of your book and fill out my midfield completely. Um, and midfield, you want someone who can do it all, who's capable of supporting the forwards, like not necessarily the lead on the team, mm-hmm. but can hang in there and really just accomplish what you need to get done, solid, you don't look twice at them. You just think this is, that was a great game afterwards. And you didn't even think about them during the game. You're just like, wow, they played really well. So I am taking one of Canada's finest actors, uh, someone who I think can be the lead and like can step up and join the rush if she has to, uh, but isn't always that way. I'm taking the legendary Sandra O. Oh. Uh, wow. I think that one of Canada's finest I think she's going to be a perfect fit alongside Steve Nash in my midfield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the excellent Sandra O. Oh, um, so many great things. We know her from uh, a star of, I don't know about stage, but certainly the small and the big screen. Exactly. We all watched The Chair, I assume. I have not uh, watched The Chair, and <laughs> I think either. you knew that. Oh. <laughs> 
Killing Eve, of course. Uh, so some LGBT representation as well to go against my Trans Canada Highway. Um, <laughs> we don't know about Sudbury's Big Nickel. I don't think it's ever commented publicly. Griffin, I love the pick. I think both of our squads are shaping up really well. I think I have to go with one other selection I think is definitely going to be contested or could definitely be contested, would be on anyone's short list. In the defensive position, I have, you know, a lot of coverage, a sort of a stalwart in, in the defense slot with the Niagara Falls. So I want something <laughs> that's going to be able to what play. Are we a... doing? <laughs> We're drafting some high We're quality drafting. Canadian roster. You're right. You're right. Um I want something that's going to be able to play a little more aggressively, that's going to be on the ball and not necessarily just sort of sit back and absorb the pressure in the way that the Niagara Falls will. Um, so, Griffin, I am going to select the moose for my other defense slot. So, like the animal? Yes. The Yes, the moose. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Not, is it, it a moose or is it the moose? It's a moose. Uh, probably a represent for the additional verticality element of the antlers. You know, um, I, I can't think of a. You've got a lot of size on the back back <laughs> yeah. line there, and you know, the, a moose can often be quite sedentary and slow. I was reading when I was uh, researching this <laughs> roster. That's what the scouting report said. Yes, but when they become aggravated, they can be surprisingly speedy, and so I think that that's the sort of key is channeling that aggression into uh, some on-ball defense and then allowing, you know, they can be a little more of uh, the the on-ball point-of-attack defender and then the Niagara Falls is sort of absorbing the the pressure if the moose happens to get beat by, uh, for example, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're winning every header. Uh, you ever, <laughs> sure. Have you ever seen that video of the moose running through, like, six-foot deep snow with just absolutely no problem they are massive strong animals look it up right now for sure um so chris i've got one defender and one forward left and for a defender i've got steve nash who of course is like a great captain and a great leader but i think i want a really solid presence on my back line um i want something with size and like you, I want something that's a little top-heavy. Like you went with the moose. I want to be able to win those aerial battles. Mm-hmm. So for my other defender to go alongside Insulin, I am taking uh, Nova Scotia's famous flower pot rocks. Are you familiar with these famous rocks, Chris? I'm not. And wow, that moose is really going through some snow. Right. Uh, the flower pot rocks are famous rocks in Nova Scotia. That, like, it's where the tide is highest in the entire world. So when oh. the tide is in, they just look like normal little rocks. And then the tide goes out and they become these massive rocks. But, like, mm. the bottoms are all eroded away over time. So, like, they're just sort of, like, standing on these little spindly legs. And they're called the flower pot rocks, I believe, because, like, on the top, they have trees and stuff growing out of them. But they're so huge when the right. tide is out. I see them. They are. I see what you're saying here. So, you're, basically, your idea is... In the similar way to the bull moose, you're covering the verticality aspect. Yeah. Um, when the tide know, is out, that is. Of course. And when the tide is high, well, then everyone's drowning except Niagara Falls. 
Um, we'll have to see how Niagara Falls and the Flowerpot Rocks play against each other is going to be really interesting. That's going to be a matchup I'm I'm watching. Yeah, fortunately, you know, defense versus defense. I, I believe you selected this for a defensive side, yes. is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so hopefully they won't be clashing too much, but, you know, I don't want anyone to get eroded on the pitch, I guess is right. my main concern. <laughs> well, it's a great pick, Griffin. A great, uh, a great element of geography you've brought in here. I am running out of spots, and I'm going to select a forward. Uh, like you, I gave myself a little bit of star power at the forward. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, I feel like Canadians, by sort of default, have a more defensive attitude, right? Like, we're generally going to absorb aggression rather than outputting aggression. And so I thought to myself... Who is a Canadian who can output some aggression? And I think I hit upon it. And so for my other forward spot, playing next to Wolverine, I've selected Alanis Morissette, one of that. the purveyors of uh, certainly some aggressive music and aggressive emotion. And will I think she will leave it all out on the pitch. I couldn't agree more, Chris. A Canadian music legend. One of the best to ever do it. Um, a big shout out to Alanis, first of all, sure. for, the, for the for the music. Thank you, mm-hmm. um, and thank you for the on field performance as well. Because I <laughs> think that your profile is exactly right. She's gonna bring that energy that not a lot of Canadians bring. Um, perfectly done. And I just have one forward spot left to fill, Chris. I've already got Anne of Green Gables out there, so I am going to take another absolute superstar. Um, someone recognizable for her movie roles. I think she's going to mesh well with Sandra O. Oh. Sandra, like we talked about Sandra being that midfielder who can support a leading role. I think this is perfect for that. I am of course taking uh, the time traveler's wife herself, Chris, the legendary Rachel McAdams, maybe Canada's greatest export. Absolutely. Uh, I love the pick Griffin huge fan of rachel mcadams a i don't London. think anyone can ever like go against anything that has rachel mcadams involved exactly um, so versatile too like i think she she can really bring a lot to my attack like she could she's got the regina george or she's got the uh about time like <laughs> sure brings it all <laughs> absolutely dr strange in a more supportive role um i mean love the pick griffin <laughs> uh like you said, no one can go against that. I believe we're. this is now my final pick, correct? Yes, I think this will wrap up our draft. Uh, we've got a mega episode for you guys today. But hey, it's the World <laughs> Cup. It's it's the world's biggest sporting event. Like, Absolutely. We had to go big for it. And I don't think anyone will be disappointed. Um, the same cannot be said of this, my final choice. Uh, or at least the same cannot be said of the piece of media that my final choice appears in. Uh, I did want to go for a natural goalie. I obviously have a strong defense, but, you know, a strong defense, the last line of defense is always going to be the goalie. I wanted, you know, one of the great goalies in sport. So I went with, uh, I'm not sure if you'll be familiar with this individual, Griffin, but certainly one of the great uh, sports persons of our world i'm gonna say uh he goes by the name jacques lecoq grande are you familiar with this individual of course i'm famous (laughs) with the legendary jacques lecoq grande uh 
believe he or perhaps wears Grand. it. But there is an accent. So I believe uh, it's Grande. I can now see why you clarified our rule about the character being Canadian. You weren't worried that you were going to pick an American character. You were worried that you were going to pick a character with an American actor. Correct, Griffin. Uh, this is, of course, uh, from legendary Razzie-winning film, The Love Guru. Uh, this is Jacques Lecoq-Grand, portrayed by Justin Timberlake. Uh, he is, I believe, the goalie of the Los Angeles Kings. Um, one of the, uh, you know, an unstoppable goalie. And he has only defeated Griffin when Guru Pitka, as portrayed by Mike Myers, gets two elephants to have sex on the ice. And so I think that, you know, barring that, I don't want to give away his weakness, but barring that, I think elephants are be... not Canadian by nature, Chris. So I don't think that's a tactic available to me. <laughs> it's going to be a virtually unstoppable goalie. Um, you know, it took a lot for Guru Pitka and Darren Roanoke to be able to uh, top him. And of course, he, I believe, stole Darren Roanoke's wife. I think he did. Uh, so Jessica I think, Alba, I think. I think that's correct. No, no. Jessica Alba is the owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, Griffin. Oh, of course. The new love. <laughs> yeah, I think this movie merits a rewatch. I, I feel like if we went back to this movie, it would be good. I'm going to come out and say it. Sure. I believe I have watched it in the last like, two years, and I funny did Vember. not find that to be the case. It is a funny Vember classic, no doubt. Um,. But yeah, so I think that that he is going to be the perfect piece to top off my roster. So Griffin, let's run it down here. I have got, uh, we'll call this Team Canada 1, and you can be Team Canada A. Uh, (laughs) So on Team Canada 1... Is that EH? (laughs) Sure, very good, very Canadian. Uh, I have Jacques Lecoq Grande in goal. My defense is the tandem of Niagara Falls and a moose. <laughs> My midfield consists of Captain Dr. Haley Wickenheiser and the Trans-Canada Highway. And my forwards are Alanis Morissette and Wolverine, a.k.a. Logan, a.k.a. James Howlett. Wow, you pulled out the full Got the Runs <laughs> profile on Logan at the end there. Um. No, it's great. The opening credits of X Men Origins Wolverine, really fantastic stuff. Sure, uh, is that when they're go- like fighting in the different wars? Yeah, exactly. It's cool. Going from the net out, Chris. We are, of course, my goalkeeper. Gonna start there. Great sentence, Griffin. Um, <laughs> we are, of course, gonna start with my goalkeeper, and it's Sudbury's legendary big nickel, thirty feet in diameter. Move up to our defenders. We've got Insulin and the Flower Pot Rocks, I think, well covered with verticality. Um, the midfielders are going to be Steve Nash, Canada's greatest ever male soccer player up until like the last five years, and Sandra O. Oh, and of course, uh, my forwards, Anne from Anne of Green Gables and Rachel McAdams. And you know what? I'm going to say Coach Lauren Michaels as well. Okay. Um, I will. I guess since we already have Jacques Lecoq, I will go with Coach Mike Myers. That's uh, since that's I smart. can't select Guru Pitka. Lauren and Mike. That's a that's a friends to enemies type of coaching Absolutely. matchup. Absolutely, a battle of SNL. Um, but yeah, that, so those are our teams. I think we're going to probably throw up a a poll on yeah. the, the HFLC socials to see which of us is going to triumph here. So. If you want to vote in that poll, which I pray that you do, 
you will have to go to HFLC Podcast on Twitter. You can also go to our other socials on Instagram and TikTok. It's all the same username. Uh, you can follow Griffin at GriffinPorter97. You can follow me at CHouseandJan. Listen to Got the Runs. Listen to Bevy Bevies if we ever make another one. Uh, watch the... Not because it's canceled, just because we haven't made one in a while. Oh, okay. Uh, watch the OUA basketball show. Um, and also, you know, give us whatever number of stars you feel is appropriate based on the output. It's but five. It's five. Yeah, let's be real. Let's Come be on. real. You guys just listened to this episode. Yeah, it's yeah, five. Exactly. Exactly. Um, this is going to be that... the greatest game of soccer ever played, I think. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be mammoth. Um, but that will Neither have to Neither of us drafted a woolly mammoth. Are they Canadian? There's certainly, there's got to be some up here. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but until next time when we figure out that burning question, please keep your floors <laughs> That's high. That's the subject. And your ceilings low. <laughs> yeah.